0: It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. This is a Piccolo podcast production.
1: Hello, everyone. It is Monday here in Sydney, which is great news for me because it's time to talk IPL again. It's the IPL Super Over show. Welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. I am Menas. I'm joined my, by my co-host, Paul. Paul, what a week of IPL cricket.
2: Incredible. I mean, the tournament's so successful that it could have a week of boring games and it probably wouldn't knock off its momentum much. But when it has a week like this where drama, um, game after game after game, close finishes, so many talking points Um, if, if it's somehow possible the IPL is even bigger than it was a week ago
1: Um, So for those who are tuning in for the first time to the IPL Super Over show or Cricket Unfiltered, either one, um, what we're doing for the IPL this season is we're doing a show once a week where Paul and I pick the six biggest balls of the week, the six biggest topics of the week, and that's our Super Over um, so we're going to, you know, Paul and I, it's a six topics. It's a action-packed Super Over. Uh, when I'm doing the notes, Paul, I write down men's balls and Paul's balls, uh, which out of context looks a bit strange. But um, I believe you have the first because ball because we've got the... three
2: each. <laughs> yes, I believe you have the first ball of the over. Yes, after that juvenile humour. Um, look, what I'm going to try to do the first ball is talk through quickly some of these close finishes, which is probably a pretty thankless task, given that. If you saw it live, you saw that with the full colour experience, and this is kind of like a 1930s synthetic broadcast version of it. Uh, not that I'm going to go ball by ball, but the first can one. You, uh,
1: can I oh, just say though? Can I just say <laughs> that what, what is incredible about these results is the fact that they were basically consecutive in the same week. I mean, if the Big Bash had matches like these, they'd be saying, "Oh, that's the match of the summer," and you know, you'd have you'd be you know, you, but to have that all together is just incredible. So talk us through it.
2: I should start, you know, um, Ravi Bishnoi comes in and bowls and, bat, and with the, the pen on the yeah. paper and smack it like they used to do. Um, if that makes no sense to you, look up uh, Alan McGillivray, 1930 synthetic broadcasts. Anyhow, Royal Challenges Bangalore up against the Lucknow Super Giants. As a, a few days ago, this game. Um, it was in Bangalore. RCB made two for 212 and it looked all over. Um Luck now weren't going well. Nicholas Pooran, 62 from 19, strike rate of 326, if you don't mind, got it completely the other way around where LSG um, had it in the bag. They lost a few more wickets, but they needed seven from nine and uh, Bedona hit a six to tie the game. It's all over. But no, uh, he actually, in hitting the six, wheeled around and hit his own stump. So it's um, out, hit wicket, no six. Um, And it came down off the final over. uh, They needed... um, one to win with two balls and two wickets in hand. Second last ball, uh, it's belted down to Faf at long on, who almost drops a sitter but manages to catch it. So they need one off one. Unad Kat's bowling. Um, Ravi Bishnoi, the non-striker, uh, as you would kind of expect, moves well out of his ground as he comes into bowl. And this is what you train for. I mean, when you train for mancad, this is the, the first one you train. It's <laughs> such an easy man and he's reached across to the stumps and he's missed it. And so <laughs> he, was, he would have been out by about a metre. He's thrown it at the stumps, which wouldn't have mattered because you can't get him out that way. Last ball then has to be bowled. Um, they scamper a bye. Dinesh Kardik fumbles it. And it's a one-run victory. And, yeah, the, the talking points are just endless from that game
1: that last that well, almost last ball is just incredible the fact that he missed the mancat attempt <laughs> i don't know how he missed it but um so that would have been a super over then uh, so mm. they wouldn't have won the game um True. so they might have still lost but yeah. incredible
2: and I- apologies for both of us saying mancat in that way i know that um it's kind of not the you're supposed to say run out at the non-striker's end we don't mean anything by it we just kind of naturally say it because it's, it's sort of um it's hard to d- erase from the from the vocab um Next game, my two boys, um, Green and David, were in at the end. So it was um, Delhi Capital against Mumbai Indians in Delhi. Uh, Delhi made 172. Mumbai always looked like they were going to get the runs, but then somehow kind of um, contrived to almost lose. They needed 18 from nine. Green and David hit a pair of sixes, and I'm like, "Yep, this is why you've got these guys in the side. But then in the final over, um, things get very, very tight. Um, David gets dropped. Um, then there's a really interesting moment. They need four off four and a wide's ball, So it's going to be four off three. But Warner, cleverly as captain, realizes that that's brushed the pad of, um, of Tim David. So he reviews it and it gets reinstated. So it turns out to be a dot, dot ball. Anyway, comes down. They need two off the last ball. David sort of heaves it to long off and comes herring back for a second. Probably not the greatest throw ever from Warner. And David dives in and um wins wins the game by a, a, a couple of inches so two another plastics, last ball finish another last ball finish uh yeah so um and it would have been pretty pretty embarrassing for someone like me who talks about david and green all the time if they'd managed to uh, lose that game from there it would have been a bit embarrassing <laughs> then um if you, fi- the final one I want to go into in detail if you haven't seen the ms donny show it is something else every time donny comes out to bat the crowd um I've just never seen anything like it in cricket. The level of excitement, sort of this awareness that this is right at the end of this most beloved player's career, um, they they're already at a fever pitch, and when he comes out to bat, it just goes more. And this game, uh, so it's uh, CSK versus Rajasthan Royals, so Chennai Super Kings against Rajasthan Royals in Chennai, the home of um, uh, of of Donny's side. Um, incidentally, in this game, Ashwin, who now um, doesn't play for them, plays for. Uh, for Rajasthan was the man of the match against his um, old club and Chennai super Kings. I've um, lost the game. They need 54 from 18, three runs a ball can't happen, but you've got Jadeja and Dhoni fresh at the crease. Dhoni hits a four and a six off Zampa. The crowd go berserk. It's not enough though. 40 needed off 12. This is not going to happen. Uh, soon it's 38 from 10 and then Jadeja goes four wide 6.6. So they get 19 off the over 21 needed off the final over. Sandeep Sharma bowls, he's nervous, a couple of wides, a dot, and then Dhoni hits consecutive sixes. I would have given anything to be in the stadium for that. The, 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 the noise must have been absolutely bonkers. Uh, they end up getting a pair of singles and the, the fairy tale doesn't quite work out because Dhoni needs five off the last ball to win, four to tie, and can only get a single. But... Um, That was, you know, if if you'd never seen a game of cricket before and you'd been, you know, you're an American who'd been told that it's just this gentleman's game that's really boring and then you'd gone and seen that, I think you'd have got the shock of your life in a very pleasant way. What an incredible run of results. And you're right, the
1: Dhoni show is... Um, quite incredible. I have to say, I have to eat some humble pie here, Paul. Going into this season, I thought it might be one too many for Dhoni. And I still think the back end of this season might catch up with him form wise, but it's been worth every moment to have him out there already because just to see the reactions from the crowd. So it doesn't matter if he performs that well,
2: it's kind of a bit of a, a farewell to one of India's greats. And I, I don't know why he's coming at number, number eight, half the time. I think they might he's, he's playing well enough to come in early and have a, have, have a slog. Um, and one last thing i won't even bother mentioning the next game but they had another thriller the next night but it, it was only the second last ball so that's not that, that, <laughs> not enough for us to talk about but um so so three last ball finishes then a second last <laughs> ball finish yeah so yeah but it's it's just uh, it, it's been pretty thrilling stuff all
1: right, so I've got ball 2 and I'm steaming in from the Randwick end and I've got I'm going to start I'm going to go through the team power rankings for the week so my team to watch this week and go through the top 4. So um after last week's show the top 4 was the Rajasthan Royals, the Calcutta Knight Riders, Lucknow Super Giants and Gujarat Titans. Well, three of those teams have remained but the Kolkata Knight Riders have fallen out of the top four and have been replaced by the Punjab Kings who go into fourth. Uh, Gujarat Titans are third, Lucknow Super Giants are second and Rajasthan Royals are on top. They've had a fantastic week. They won all three of their games. Uh, Kolkata Knight Riders lost both of their games. That's why they um, fell out of the um, four Um, but it's been a Particularly good week for the uh, Rajasthan Royals. They won all three games. Sunrisers Hyderabad won two two games, so uh, good for them. Good week for them. But really, um, the sleeping giants are awake because the Mumbai Indians won both their games this week, and they are powerhouses in the IPL. Uh, unlike the Delhi Capitals, who are in hibernation, the Mumbai Indians are on fire. I think they look good. They've got a great squad. So look, I'm still going to give that my number one team for the week is the Royals for their three wins, but they just pipped out the Indians for their two wins. Um, And yeah, Delhi Capitals are on the bottom of the table with five losses. Um, Yeah. So that's my um, team of the week, Paul, the Rajasthan Royals who ended the weekend with a magnificent victory over the defending champions, the Gujarat Titans.
2: Yeah, and um, I can't disagree. I mean, I've kind of um, I'm finding myself really warming to the Mumbai Indians because of the aforementioned Tim David and and Cameron Green, especially um, playing for them. But th- I think the thing that's so impressive about what the the Rajasthan Royals have done is that uh, that game they won against the Gujarat Titans. The, the one player that needs to score runs for um, for Rajasthan to win is Josh Butler. He got a he got a duck in that game, and they still won it. Um, so they've got players that are like Sandju Sampson, Samson. Um, Got got runs, Hetmeyer's getting runs. Ashwin's such a fantastic cricketer. There's Trent Bolt. Uh, We'll talk more about the Aussies later with Adam Zampa. Hasn't really possibly hit his straps just yet, but uh, there's Jaiswal who opens up as well. Um, You can see why they're doing so well. So, yeah, uh, deservedly on top of the table at the moment.
1: Yeah, I wonder what you think of Mumbai using Rohit Sharma as the impact player in last night's game. So they did something different, Mumbai fielded first, and rather than their skipper Sharma staying out for 20 overs in the field, maybe he's got a little niggle, he um, was on the sidelines and they subbed him out. What do you think of that?
2: What a legend. Uh, That's my (laughs) kind of... It reminds me of... uh, Not that I'm comparing that, but Arjuna Ranatunga back in his heydays and just um, jogging singles and getting in by an inch and just uh, that's the way when you're the captain, you you know, when you're the best player, you don't need to, you don't need to muck around with fielding. So yeah, good on him.
1: (laughs) I think it is a bit strange that the captain wasn't out there, but I guess you got to pace yourself in a long tournament and it's an interesting way of using the impact player. So, you know, Sharma, rather than say rest the game, he might do this in a couple of games and if he just goes out and bats, it's probably, not too taxing on him,
2: maybe Chen. I will say that to Donny. like, you know, you're going to play for another 10 years, but you'll always be um, <laughs> the impact bat- player, batter only. Um,
1: <laughs> it's good things, you know,
2: you had to get a few runs actually for Mumbai, he's got a few, um, a few failures of late, so it's good to see him, um, get some runs there. Um, we had a debut. Oh, oh. Well, I just oh, want to sorry. go through just just staying on ball two. I've just got some, yep. we've got the power rankings.
1: There's just been some notable power plays. So two centuries this week in the IPL, Harry Brooke, a uh, hundred off 55 balls, hundred not out of 55 balls for the Sunrisers versus KKR. He becomes the first player to score a century in the IPL and the PSL. And, Venkatash Iyer scored a century for KKR in their loss to Mumbai. Mind blown when I found out that was the first century for KKR since the very first game of the IPL when Brendan McCullum scored that 100.
2: Unbelievable. 15 years. Yeah, and you got a massive 100, I think. It was like 150. 150 50 yeah, 50 it first, yeah, it was incredible. Um, I'm worried about Harry Brook as an Aussie. That, um, I, it's hard to sort of... He's still in denial about him being the real deal. I think in one of our earlier podcasts I was saying, yeah, he's had a great start to his test career, but he's uh his first class record is good, but it's not great just yet. I didn't write him off because I said he's a young player, that can change. But when I've looked into mm-hmm. it more, part of the reason his first class is not so great is that he's kind of making his debut at like 17, 18. So yes, I'm a bit um, it's exciting, but I'm a bit nervous as to what he's going to do to Australia in the in the test series coming up. Same. All right, that was my ball. Royals team of the week. Okay, third ball debut, uh, and shows how that the the, um, the tournament has now got a bit of uh, longevity. That we've now had a father son combination playing. Wow. Now, um, you you, um, you want to set it up for me? Yeah. Well. Um... Session
1: Tendulkar's son made his debut last night for uh, Mumbai, Arjun Tendulkar.
2: Now, <laughs> we've, we've done this really smoothly that um, <laughs> fans of Arjun Tendulkar, uh, we're not actually going to talk about him. We've used this as just an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> We thought you know, we ought to talk about Sachin. Um, but as, as a couple of Australians, some some memories of Sachin Tendulkar. This is you know, very um, drawing a long bow, but um, I mean,
1: it is significant. I mean, yeah, you know, it's been the it's it's dominated the back page of every paper in India, the fact that Sachin Tendulkar's son is playing in the IPL. I mean, um, you know, he only bowled a couple of overs, so look, it'll be hard for us to spend a whole ball on Arjun's performance. Um, but great, <laughs> look, great to see him out there. I mean, it's Um, I don't know if nepotism plays a part you know I don't know anything about that but um, all I know is um, two overs hopefully we see more what are your memories of his father?
2: Well I mean I think that Sachin I'd say outside of India probably Australia was his home in many ways that he he came of age here he'd scored 100 in England um, you know test match at Manchester but then he came out to Australia in 91-92 got 100 at the SCG but because he's 100 in Perth that, um I mean, I think Indians already knew what a great player was going to be, but that I think for the rest of the world, it's one thing to get 100 at the SCG where it's low and flat and similar to India, but to get 100 in Perth when the rest of the team failed against a very strong Aussie bowling, pace bowling attack. So was that the
1: 89-90 or 90-91?
2: 91
1: or 91 91-2. So that was yep. the season
2: Shane Warne made his debut. Yes, it was, yeah. And... Um, and, and Teduka had been playing oh, before that, like, I mean, he played in the 80s and there's an anecdote of Dickie Bird um, about to umpire a one day between India and the West Indies, I think it was, and this little kid comes up to him and says, can I have your autograph? And, um, and Dickie Bird gave it to him and said, what are you doing? Shouldn't you be at school? And, and the kid said, no, actually, I've been given the day off school because I'm playing for India. And he's like what <laughs> it was like a 15 year old Sachin Tendulkar. I might have some of the details slightly wrong there but a couple of my other favorite memories of Tendulkar um that Australian tour of India in 1998 that's the best I've ever seen a batter bat that um Tendulkar probably along the line with with Lara in 99 but Tendulkar in that series was kind of what I imagine Bradman must have been like you you know you'd be very happy to say before if before he came out to bat uh, if you if we could get it for seventy, we'll take that. Um, and then two more. The SCG, I think it was ninety nine two thousand. I'm pretty sure that he came out. He hadn't been in Australia for um, since that first debut series, and since then he'd come back now as the the undeniable superstar of the world. And when he came out to bat he got a standing ovation for no reason and from the mm-hmm. Sydney crowd, which shows what a great crowd they are. And I, I remember uh, Harsha Bogle in commentary saying how impressed he was by that and what a great rivalry uh, was developing between these nations. And, you know, just the respect shown by the crowd to Tendulkar. And then a few years later, I was at the MCG in Steve Waugh's last series, 03, 04, um, Saywag had smashed Australia everywhere. And Tendulkar came out um, at the MCG sort of late on day one and, enormous reception first ball off the hip or i thought but actually got a little tickle onto it through to the keeper huge appeal uh, umpire pause 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 and then gave him out and as much as i love drs the one thing i don't like about it and this is the only thing i don't like about it is that it has robbed the game a little bit of that spontaneity because back then there was no second chance there was no endless reviews or anything else i and mean, he did hit it so there wouldn't have been but when the umpire's finger went up and off he went um, that was a pretty special moment in terms of wow, um, what a superstar. Him getting out first ball uh, doesn't get much bigger than that. So, uh, yeah, there's a few random mem- memories, and um, hopefully Arjun can, can supply us some as well.
1: Yeah, I um, have great memories of Sashin, and I go to every SCG test, and Sashin made quite. Quite a feast of uh run scoring at the SCG going back to that 91 92 tour where he scored 100 in that match where Ravi Shastri scored 200 in uh but also um in I think 2002 uh, 3 uh when four. 3 4 Warren and McGrath were both injured and um Sasha can make a big double 100 and my overriding memory of that is that his bat you know when they say Blaze's bat seems really wide. Like, Tendulkar looked like he was batting with a tree trunk. Like, everything hit the middle of his bat. Um, I mean, maybe that's because was Brad Williams and Nathan Bracken bowling, but <laughs> um, uh, he, he, he just he had this beautiful straight bat um, and everything seemed to find the middle of it. Um, and so it was, you know, at the SCG he made, you know, I think three centuries, and they were all memorable. Um, the the one uh, memory I do have is of the '99 World Cup. There was a Super Six game, and I think it was um, uh, Australia batted first. Uh, I get, I'm getting my, I'm coming back from the lunch break with my uh, sandwich and a pint, and I had this big cheer, and McGrath's got Satchin out in the first over. So I miss Satchin batting in the World Cup. Um, so that's my other memory <laughs> of session.
2: Yeah, <laughs> All right. that. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, good memories, good memories. That was at the Oval. All
1: right, so now ball four um, and a favourite for Aussie listeners. It's Aussie Watch. What are the Aussies doing? And one Aussie in the, the, with the blowtorch on him is Ricky Ponting. Uh, Verinda Sawag, who mentioned before, said that Ricky Ponting should take the blame for Delhi's horror 0-5 start. This is uh, Saewag's quote. I feel Delhi has reached that point where they are confused about what they should do to change their fortune. You have to say, Delhi look really uh, just all over the shop.
2: Yeah. um, I I mentioned that I've kind of got a soft spot for Mumbai because there are so many Aussies in there, but I've certainly got a soft spot for for Delhi as well because I hate seeing, um, you know, Ricky Ponting not doing well. Um, You know, it's a... there's still time left in the season, although it's starting to run run out pretty pretty quickly. They'd have to do something um, pretty rapidly. But And we'll talk about David Warner as well. But, you know, Prithvi Shaw just looks well out of sorts. Um, Mitchell Marsh hasn't yet exploded. Manish Pandy seems, I don't know, he's he got some runs uh, of late, but he's not someone that really strikes fear into the opposition. And they've got Nokia with the ball. And, and Aksha Patel, you know, I think he probably should... should Bat up a bit higher the way that he's batting. But uh, it's partially a mark of how good the IPL is that you look at their side, it's still a very good side on paper. But that when you compare it to some of the other sides, you know, some of them have got seven or eight match winners just lining all the way up. They've got a few too many players there that you look in and say, if I was an opposition player, I wouldn't be all that fearful of them.
1: Their batting's just been awful. Mm. And uh, I don't know if you can blame Ponting for poor batting. It seems like they haven't been that um, aggressive and they have been a little bit, I guess, timid that you know the one thing that seems to be a feature uh, of the IPL is most of the teams just go out there and just really you know pin the ears back and give it everything and it's hit or bust they all back themselves and we've seen like high scores like you know it's a stupid tactic to think you can nudge nick and nudge your way to 160 170 and defend it I mean there's been so many high scores you've got to just look for boundaries um so yeah ponting in the blowtorch, Trevor Bayliss, he's the coach of the Punjab at Kings. They've had a good week um, in the top four. Um, other Australians, David Warner, it's been a rough week for him. 51 off 47 balls against Mumbai and then 19 off 13 against RCB. I thought he looked better against RCB, Paul, but he hasn't been able to get going and he's, the batting around him has been so poor, it's been very difficult for him.
2: Yeah, it's a strange one. I mean, he's hit 31 fours and not a single six in the tournament. And you think back to that first game that he played for Australia 2008, 80-odd thousand at the MCG when he belted South Africa everywhere. He just doesn't look like that player anymore, yet he's still playing nice shots. And I I don't know, um, you know, he's playing in and around that. He's he's, he's having some frustration, but um, I'm not sure why he's not more aggressive.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's far off actually putting together some good performances. And I sort of think that's the way – I can imagine the way Ponting and Warner set the team up. I can imagine them saying in the dressing room, got to get partnerships together. So, you know, when they're losing wickets all the time, Warner's probably thinking, well, what do I do? Because our whole mantra is build partnerships. That's how you dominate. So, yeah, it's just all over
2: the place. Um, And, I mean, some might argue that's sort of almost an old-fashioned notion that some of these teams, as you said, that they're – they can be five or six down and they just keep on going. And and sometimes it works for them. Um, so I'd be rather, I mean, you're right. Warner's averaging 46 um, at a strike rate of 117. So he's certainly not uh, batting terribly, but he's getting plenty of runs. So, um, yeah, I'd just like to see him take the foot off the break, off the, you know, go for it hard.
1: Mitch Marsh, uh, uh, back bowling, 2 for 18 in the same game for Delhi. So... Really nice to see him bowling. He's been out all summer, but for Australia's chances, that's very good. Jason Berendorf, 3 for 23 in one match for Mumbai Indians this week against Delhi, and Riley Meredith, 2 for 34 that in the same match. So the Aussie's doing well. One player that stood out for me this week was Matt Short, who's, who made his debut for the Punjab Kings. He's, he's batted three times. He was out for one in the first knock. But then he made 36 off 24 and then 34 off 22. Sorry, 36 off 24, 34 off 22. So two starts for short. you will probably be disappointed he didn't convert one of those into a big score. But, Paul, he impressed me. He looks good. He doesn't look out of place.
2: No, it's it's a great story. He looks really good. was <laughs> a little bit um, depressing to see him get completely bamboozled by Rashid Khan wrong in the first of those innings. Um, that's kind of like Australia. That's what Australians do. We, we just don't handle spin um, very well at all. And he threw it away in the in the third one where he, he was looking good. But he, he's got to come into Australian calculations, I think. Now, I mean, obviously, those two starts don't make... Um, we'll have to see what he does for the rest of the tournament. But it's off the back of a very good domestic season in Australia. So it's exciting. Um, It's, it's impressive. And I was saying to you jokingly before we came on the show, maybe the Australian selection should just be basically... Pick the Australian side based purely on um, who earns the most in the IPL. And if that was the case, um, Short would be um, starting the challenge for, for a spot.
1: Absolutely. Uh, also, this week, there was a great match for the Aussie fans where RCB took on Lucknow. And for RCB, Glenn Maxwell went 59 mm. of 29, dashing innings. But then Stoyness him. his uh, Melbourne Stars teammate, scored 65 of 30. And uh, Luck now chased down 213. So Stoinis gets the bragging rights over his teammates. Um, that's it for the week you mentioned before. Tim David hit 24 of 13 at Wanchetti Stadium as Mumbai needs chased chase down KKR's target on the weekend. Um, but, yeah, great great week for the Aussies except for Ricky Ponting.
2: Yeah, I think it was great to see Baxall in and amongst the runs again, as you mentioned, with Stoyness and Short um and David and to an extent Cameron Green uh, you know haven't set the world on fire but they're, they're off relatively limited opportunities uh with the bat they're not doing so badly green yet to justify the um you know the enormous uh price that he was he went for he's going at 10 runs and over which is not ideal I feel disappointed um for Nathan Ellis that the Punjab Kings it's Rabada, I think, that's arrived, that's knocked him um, out of the side, which you can't really complain about. But, I, I, you know, I think he's good enough to to warrant a starting spot still, even though you've got that limit of four overseas players. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: All right, that's my fourth ball done and dusted.
2: All right. Um, Aussie fifth watch. Fifth ball, Aussie watch done and dusted. Um, just some rules that um, we want to talk about that we like and – can actually, I can I just got... jump in here? Can I just jump in here, listeners? Paul wanted to
1: spend a whole ball talking about DRS, and I had to talk him down. And we've we've compromised on this ball. <laughs> um,
2: firstly, I mentioned it before, but the, the, the when when they announced that that wides could be challenged and it began in the WPL, some people were like, "Oh, this is the this is the final straw," and the world has finally gone mad, column. But it's actually working really well because you're not going to challenge a wide unless either a you're certain that it was the wrong call uh, or b it's the matches on the line and so i thought it was really uh, it worked quite well in that one that instance i mentioned where water challenged the wide and because he knew that it brushed um tim david's pads and that challenge was upheld you don't want games to be decided on um umpiring i'm loathe even to call them umpiring errors because it's it's very hard to expect the umpire to be able to see every Every single deflection, so I'm really a big fan of that. But the one that I'm just absolutely loving, and I've been calling for this uh, for ages, and it's um, it's just so nice to be totally and utterly vindicated. And it's, it was the same in the um, the WPL that they're finally using Hawkeye to uh, make the decision on the waist high full tosses. Like, it used to baffle me. That, was, was that game that Australia beat India in the in the it, it, the women about a year ago, where it was. Cl- they got the call wrong, but it was the umpire on the field guessing, seeing it once. Um, when you've got, you know, the umpire, it's hard enough to judge an LBW, let alone when you've got to judge, no, you can't look at where the ball is hit. It's got to be at the point where the, the crease is. You can't judge where it was against the batter's body because, no, it's got to be in their, um, in their normal sort of standing stance. Um, it's absolutely impossible to uh, make an accurate judgment. Yet you put Hawkeye on there and it's absolutely easy. So, um, Great tick um, to the IPL for those two. Um, and one other point, the two other points, sorry. Sorry, listeners, <laughs> bad luck. <laughs> there are still mistakes being made. And so there's one where I, I can't remember who was batting, given out WW, he thought it was plum, just walked off on review. Oh, he didn't review it, but on the replay it was showed it was green light. I still think that we've got the technology now. We've got to move to that next level of, of let's get everything right. I've bored everyone, but length before what I think should be done. But I think that um, we've got to move beyond just challenges and actually get it right. And the last one in the category of this is never going to happen. But you would have said that about what happened in the World Cup final when England won it on by virtue of having hit more boundaries. I still don't like the fact that let's imagine last ball of the game, scores are tied, and in comes the bowler. Bowls the batter swings at it, gets a slight, tiny, faint edge on it, hits hits his pad. They scamper through for a leg by. Throws at the stumps, misses the stumps, they're through. Meanwhile, the umpire, um, to the shock of everyone, as the bowlers turned around and appealed, is actually giving him out LBW. They go upstairs on review. Oh, he's hit it, so it's not out. But you don't get the run because it's deemed to have been dead the moment that he gave it out. That will be a disaster if that happens in the, the World Cup final, the IPL final. They need to find a way to um, address that.
1: Wow, so slipped in a rule he didn't like at the end. Mm. Tricky. I agree. I like those rule changes, and we're seeing so many close games that you know that that ball you mentioned of uh, where Warner reviewed and it flicked David's pad. I mean, that could have it didn't end up saving the game for Delhi, but you know, you know that could that a call like that could legitimately decide a game. So very important. All right, ball six, to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go completely over coming in from the round again, and what a way to finish because this week we've had the flare-up of a little bit of a beef in Indian cricket. So um, when RCB and the Delhi Capitals um, played this week, Sarav Ganguly avoided Virat Kohli so as they did not shake hands afterwards. And during the game, as RCB headed to victory, Kohli was seen staring at Ganguly in the dugout. Now, Indian fans will probably know this, but um, the, the reason behind this um, feud is that um, it's all to do with when Virat Kohli was basically sacked as Indian captain. Now, Virat Kohli claims, and so Ganguly was in charge of Indian cricket at the time, and Virat Kohli claims that he... Uh, said he was going to stand down from the T20 captaincy and that was fine. When he stood down from the T20 captaincy, Ganguly sacked him of the ODI captain saying that basically he wanted two white ball captains. Um, Ganguly said, Ganguly claims he told Coley not to step down from the T20 captaincy um, and Coley refutes those claims. So basically these two are loggerheads as to what happened, but in the end, Co- Coley ended up losing all captaincy of all forms of the game, whereas I think he wanted to just step down from the T20 captaincy. So that is the source of this little beef and uh, could see it flare up as this tournament goes on. Um, the, the IPLs had some notable beefs, all of them involving Harbhajan Singh. No, I'm joking, but most of them. <laughs> um, um, going back to the very first IPL, Harbhajan Singh slapped Sri the fast bowler, and Sri Janssen was crying afterwards. And there's photos of him in tears because Harba Singh slapped him. Um, there's footage of Harba Singh telling a young player off for misfielding a ball, and then those two uh, having to try and work things out on the field. So, uh, yeah, but this week, Coley versus Ganguly.
2: Yeah, and just to add my list of, of some of the great the great feuds so i've mainly focused on the aussies but there's the the greatest feud of all time is obviously ian chapel and ian botham uh regular listeners to our show will know that it's something that exercises my mind more than it should um and there's talk bizarrely and this will be the greatest thing ever of a documentary being made <laughs> on the feud <laughs> and apparently i mean you can't this is from an english tabloid so who knows whether it's true but there's talk that maybe they've the two protagonists. Have been interviewed for for it, and there's even talk of um, a potential frost, uh, you know, uh, a rapprochement between the two. If that's how you pronounce it, that the feud could end. I mean, if if that feud ever ends, man, is we've we've got to celebrate. We're going <laughs> like you know, ten week, ten days in Vegas or something to celebrate. Um,
1: well, maybe they should go and play in the IPL because that's where all feuds go to die. I mean, you know, <laughs> you look at um, Ponting and Ganguly played together, Harbhajan Singh and Matt Hayden played together. Get them on an IP,
2: IPL. Yeah. Thing. Absolutely true. Yeah, over I, 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 over 80s. <laughs> well, that's a bit harsh on um, both of them, actually. I think Chapel is uh, turning 80 this year. I saw. Um, I, I was. I was close to both of them
1: in the lunch area last summer, and yes, I don't know how many overs he could bowl, judging his
2: fitness. <laughs> Um, so, some of the other great feuds Bradman and O'Reilly, Bradman and Fingleton, Bradman and Richardson, Bradman and Ian Chappell. I should have um, known. <laughs> for all of those, they're a bit overdone, except for all, and it was more the others disliking Bradman than Bradman disliking them. And there's a bit of a subtlety to it, but we won't get into that now. The saddest one was Shane Warne and Steve Waugh. I always hoped that that would be um, resolved because I think that uh, it could have been. Um, then there's Shane Warne and John Buchanan. I don't think that was ever going to be resolved. Um, Clark and Kadditch was an absolute uh, box office at the time. <laughs> uh, that, do you remember? De- go on, sorry.
1: No, just the, the funny thing is uh, recently there was a big news story in Australia where Michael Clark was embroiled in a controversy on the sunshine coast of Australia where there was footage of him and his girlfriend and other media celebrities. And then when that story blew up on Twitter, Simon Kadditch was <laughs> trending at the same yeah. time <laughs> because everyone was tweeting, well done, Kadditch.
2: <laughs> um do you remember the Darren Lehman and Brett Jeeves one that was an obscure oh one yes yes from a couple of years ago where Brett Jeeves had a was criticizing selection policies and Darren, Darren Lehman just tweeted out something like well you <laughs> I don't care what you say because you weren't a very good bowler to which Jeeves then put out the statistics of all the games he played against Lehman and basically had him as his bunny and to to, to be fair Lehman kind of acknowledged that was a pretty good um you know, that it was a pretty good comeback. The last one was the, one of the strangest ones of all, was Kim Hughes versus Dennis Lilly and uh, and Rodney Marsh, that they were still friends. I think they still would go for beers together, but Lilly and Marsh just had the opinion, probably correctly, that Hughes shouldn't have been made Australian captain, that it should have been Rod Marsh. And so they decided just to take it out on him by every time Hughes came into the nets, um, they would, Lily would seek him out and just bowl bouncer after bouncer, but apparently Kim Hughes just didn't back down. He would he would deliberately walk into the net that Dennis Lilly was bowling in, knowing that he was going to get bouncer after bouncer after bouncer. They made his life a living hell, but Hughes would then walk out and you know, all right, boys, we're going to have a beer together, and they'd have a beer together or something. You know, um, one of the weirdest feuds um of all time to conclude the final ball of the over, unless you had anything else to say, minutes.
1: Well, no, no, I mean, I was just just thinking, though, are there any great feuds at the moment? I mean, has this, you know, all this franchise cricket kind of just softened some of the the feuds in international cricket because you play together you've got mutual friends i just wonder if it's taking a bit of the sting which is not a bad thing i heard jimmy anderson on his cricket podcast this week saying that he still likes to hate the opposition a little bit he doesn't you know he likes to actually have that sort of burning hate Uh, so maybe he's a bit old school i like it
2: yeah i mean fred truman used to um didn't used to pop his head into the dressing room uh, of the opposition beforehand and say something like, I'm going to take nine wickets today, so you losers got to do a raffle to find the one I don't get or something like that. Um, I think there's a, <laughs> bit, a bit more swearing in there and a, a vastly better Yorkshire accent. Um, um,
1: yeah, are there uh, any major feuds at the moment?
2: Well, not, I mean, there's Kevin, being Peter- retired, but Kevin Peterson had a few um, with Owen Morgan, I think, and with um, Strauss. Um, Holy Sharma. What about, um, what about uh, Alex Hales? Um Alex yeah. Hales and
1: All of England cricket, yeah, that's true.
2: Alex yes. Hales and Owen Morgan in particular. Yeah, so
1: um not many, not many. Thank no. thank you to Sa- that Sarav and uh Coley for keeping it going.
2: Yeah, no, but I agree with you. It's um it, you need a little bit of that sort of thing.
1: All right, now we've got some just the three quick comments here. Let's just bash through them before we end this. Uh, Mr. Chatterjee, should, cheerleader, should cheerleaders be introduced in the World Test Championship
2: Final and Test Cricket in general? Absolutely not. I agree with you 100%. They should be removed from the IPL. They're ridiculous. Uh, nothing against the people involved, but the IPL is too big a tournament to have that level of, um, you know, It's that's like something out of the 1980s.
1: The cricket's good enough, it doesn't need it. Um, Sandeep, David Warner will be selected for the Ashes or not with this kind of form. Sandeep, update for you. Australia are selecting a squad for the first three tests of the English summer, which is the World Test Championship final and the first two Ashes tests, and that is being announced this week. I think David Warner will be in that squad, but uh, if he doesn't score
2: runs, maybe not for the last three tests. Yeah, I think he will be. And it is a bizarre sort of thing with his form. That uh, if you if you showed someone from yesteryear um, his numbers, that's, I think he's batting brilliantly. He's, mm.
1: he's struck around 120
2: four. in the it's 1980s. That's unbelievable. Like Viv Richards. He's like Viv Richards on steroids. But, yeah, so he's certainly getting the runs. Um, and I, I kind of agree with you, Menace. He might not be far away from um, clicking to the David Warner of old.
1: Akash why not Sarav Ganguly? Well, I don't know what that was in reference to, Akash. But we spoke about Sarav and Virat's feud. Thanks everybody for watching and listening to our IPL super over. We'll be back next week to wrap up the IPL, but we also might just throw in a bonus show this week when the Ashes squad is announced. Paul, thank you for joining me, listeners. Please rate and review the show. Share it with your friends.
2: Thanks everyone. See ya